0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are recapping who took home some hardware in the MLB, Tiger set to make his return to competitive golf, skating through the first quarter of the NHL season, who's hot and who's not, conference championship games are here, predicting who will win this week's major games in the college football realm. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade, Colton Cow.
1: Thanks, Matt. We're here again in the studio on a Wednesday night. Uh, got a mixed bag of, of sports to talk about. Um, like Matt mentioned, uh, I'm going to be kicking it off with a little bit of recap of, of the MLB season. Um, you know, obviously the season's been over for a few weeks, or you know, a month or so now. Um, but you know, finally getting around to uh, handing out the the awards at the end of the season for you know. Great, great play from individual players. Great play from individual teams. So uh, that's what we're gonna gonna talk about here. You know, first first on the show is just gonna go over who who took home some of the major awards, uh, individual awards in the uh, in the MLB. Um, and we'll get things get things kicked off there uh, in the MVP race. Obviously, they you know split out all the awards into NL and, and AL, um, and and you know NL uh, MVP goes to I think I think. No surprises here for the two MVPs. that yeah, you know, kind of
0: the guys we were talking about r- all season right. long. Right, that, really. that
1: took home the took home the hardware. Obviously, in the NL, you got Ronald Acuna Jr., um, the outfielder from from the Atlanta Braves, and then over in the AL, you got the Mister Do It All for for the for the for the Angels there, and Shohei Ohtani. Uh, you know, a little bit of pitching, a little bit of hitting, you know, a little bit of field work. The guy just does it all. I mean, how can you not, you know, give him the MVP right. at that point? So, uh, Matt, any any thoughts on on the MVP race there? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the only, the only
0: thing kind of stood out that, not necessarily a surprise because you, you thought Otani would win it just because he does do it all. But, you know, the fact that the Angels were, were such a, a, a bad team and, you know, he was out there towards the end of the season, didn't, didn't, didn't finish the season uh, with injury and all that. Mm-hmm. Y- you thought maybe somebody might sneak in, in, right. in there and do that. But, you know, he still, through all that, led the MLB in slugging at six six uh, 654, OPS 1.066. <laughs> Guy hit 44 home runs, had 160. 160- that's hard to compete with when when you're doing it on both both sides of the field you know it, it's just very impressive so yeah. you know I, I thought maybe somebody could sneak in there just because he wasn't able to finish out the season and, mm-hmm. and because the angels weren't even in contention most of the year but you know he's just such a good player you, you can't li- live down you know or put down what he does
1: yeah absolutely you know you mentioned with the with the stats there i think even the 44 home runs even missing you know quite a few games during the during the season I think he either led the league or at least I think led the AL in, in home runs, even missing as many games as he did, which is, I think even maybe even more of an attest, you know, a testament to just, you know, how great he could have been if he had potentially played the whole season, you right, know, could right. have probably put up even bigger numbers, obviously. Um, but you know, as well as he did from, you know, from the plate, he was, you know, equally as good from, from the mound as, as a pitcher. So, um, obviously, the big news for otani is you know coming into the season going to be a free agent we'll see where he where he ends up you know everybody's obviously going to be trying to put their hand in the in the ring or you know put their put their hand out there and try to see if they can you know, pull him to their team because he is a, you know, a special talent. Um, yeah, I'm hoping
0: the rumors are true that my Cubs are one of the, the top contenders. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him come to town. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so we'll see, you know, the other other finalists, at least in the AL, that were, you know, in contention um, was the shortstop Corey Sager, who was actually the World Series MVP, was in the mix. Um, He'd he actually, rather have that. Right. Uh, and then second baseman Marcus Seaman, the, the other guy from the Texas Rangers, was also kind of the third place, third place vote getter. So, um, you know, a couple guys there and then, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. Again, you know, very similar stats to, to Otani, obviously doesn't have the, the pitching stats or whatever, but as far as offense goes and everything like that, you know, up towards the top, top five, at least in most offensive categories. So
0: the guy created his own category this year, the 40, 70 club, 40 home runs, 70, 70 Barbie, stolen, base. stolen bases. Yeah, so, absolutely.
1: Yeah. He, uh, won it one in a million there or one, you know, one on his own. Um, And then the other two guys, uh, two guys from the Dodgers, uh, you know, right fielder Mookie Betts uh, was right there behind uh, Ronald Acuna. And then uh, Freddie Freeman, the the first baseman from the Dodgers, was then uh, in third third place. So, again, I don't think any two big surprises here for the MVPs in in both the AL and NL. So Uh, then moving over to uh, the best pitchers then in the league, um, or at least what the voters thought were the two best pitchers. Uh, Over in the AL, you got the starting pitcher from the New York Yankees, uh, Garrett Cole. Um, and then in the NL, you got the starting pitcher Blake Snell from the San Diego Padres. Uh, Matt, any any thoughts on this? Um, you know, do you think this this was the right guys? Or <clears throat> uh,
0: I mean, ju- judging by their stats, <laughs> yeah, they get they got to be the right guys as an individual. But mm-hmm. you know, I guess credit to MLB for not just giving it to the best guy on the best team because mm-hmm. you know that's what you see in a lot of other sports. Kind of the the top players on the top team get all the, <laughs> the all, all the props for right. the awards, right. and you know, I mean. Garrett Cole and he had a really good standout season himself. Right. The Yankees, though, not, not so, so much. Right. right. Missed so, the playoffs. So, so. you know, co- cool to see that. Kudos right. to MLB for getting it, right? Like mm-hmm. picking the top pitcher, not the right. top pitcher on the best team.
1: Right. Yeah. Same, same over the NL. You know, Blake Snell obviously had a great season, but the Padres not not so much. Um, you know, missed the playoffs as well. Um, you know, for me, uh you know, the other the other finalists, um, you know, in the AL, you had the, the pitcher Sonny Gray from from the Minnesota Twins that, you know, had 100-plus votes. Um, and then Kevin Gaussman um, got 82 votes, you know, in the third-place spot there in the AL. And then um, in the NL, you had uh, Logan Webb, the uh, pitcher from the San Francisco Giants, in second place. Then you had Zach Gallen, the uh, pitcher from the Arizona Diamondbacks, in, in third place. So, you know, to me, I thought, you know, Obviously, I I don't know when they when the votes had to be submitted for this Mm -hmm. thing or not, but I thought you know if if they were submitted, you know after kind of the playoffs or you know whatever, I I would imagine they probably aren't. They're probably submitted before the playoffs start, but. If they are, you know, I thought maybe Zach Gowan, the starting pitcher from the Diamondbacks, might have gotten a little bit more love just right. because of the run that the Diamondbacks, you know, made in the in the in the playoffs, you know, making it to the World Series. But I, I would imagine that they, you know, made the votes before, you know, the playoffs mm-hmm. kind of started. Uh, but, you know, honestly, yeah, the two guys that, that won, you know, dominant performances, two guys that, you know, led the MLB in, in various categories as far as what you want to see out of a starting pitcher? Uh, I don't think that you have too many too many qualms of, of who took home the, the trophy in that in that category. Yeah. Um, then moving over then to uh, the rookie of the year awards uh, in the AL and in the NL, uh, the third baseman in the AL, uh, Gunnar Henderson uh, for the Baltimore Orioles, uh, took home took home the hardware. A guy that hit uh, twenty eight home runs, which led all rookies, mm-hmm. um, and then had an additional. <clears throat> excuse me 10 stolen bases as well um and then over in the NL you got the left fielder Corbin Carroll uh Arizona Diamondbacks 150 votes there uh hit 25 home runs and then stole 54 bases as yeah. well so uh Matt any any thoughts here or you know you think these these were the two guys
0: these, these were definitely the two guys i mean they both had standout seasons and really helped <laughs> help their respective clubs kind of turn it around from a year ago so mm-hmm. i mean their, their arrival arrival right, really right. made a big difference mm-hmm. and, I, th- I think that that goes a long way to rookie of the year showing that, you know, you weren't there last year and that team wasn't that good. Right. You show up and now all of a sudden you're a playoff contender. Absolutely. Yeah, So I I, th- I think definitely they got it right here.
1: Yeah, I think that probably played a big part in some of the, you know, probably if not all, you know, most of the, the voters minds or whatever. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, good, good for them. Yeah. Two great seasons for two two teams that had been, you know, historically the last several seasons, not very. Not very good, so, you know, good to see them have a big, you know, influx of, you know, youth in there, and obviously winning rookie of the year, that means they're obviously going to be on the team for, you know, a a little bit longer, so going to continue to try to get as much success out of them while they're on a smaller contract, you know, they they keep having seasons like this where they're leading categories and things like that, they're going to be looking for, you know, big, big paydays, but, try to take advantage of it, you know, both the Baltimore Orioles and the Arizona Diamondbacks take, take advantage of those young guys while you got them, you know, on smaller, Chief, smaller yeah. deals. Um, because yeah, it won't be too long if they keep performing like they are, they will be, you know, the next, next up and coming MLB star. So, um, we shall, we shall see, but yeah, hats off to, to Baltimore and Arizona for, for, you know, two good seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Then moving over to the last kind of big major award was, uh, the the skippers, the managers of the, of the year, uh, that, you know, managed, you know, teams to, you know, success over, over the whole season. Um, I think over in the AL, probably not a big surprise the, the the skipper that took home the trophy, the Baltimore Orioles, you know, manager, uh, Brandon Hyde, um, obviously Baltimore finished with 101 wins in the regular season, uh, took home the AL East, you know, division title, which is, you know, a tough division that includes both the Tampa Bay Rays. You got the Yankees in there. You got the Boston Red Sox. So uh, the Blue Jays in there. So a lot of lot of good teams in that AL East. Um, and I think maybe something else that's even more impressive is that they won, they won 101 games, and they didn't really have that great of starting pitching. They only had one starting pitcher that had an ERA below 3.6. Wow. Um, so that really – shows you know how much offense this team really had and how much firepower this team really had or the way that they could really generate runs um you know not having really the starting pitchers that could you know limit the opportunities or limit the runs for the other team i think that really you know speaks volumes to the job that that brandon hyde yeah. did for for the baltimore well, Orioles. the other thing
0: that stands out to me is two years ago this Orioles team had 110 losses right right so to turn that around Major from 110 sleep. losses to 101 wins right right wow yeah
1: that that's impressive um Obviously, the other two, the other two guys that were in the mix for the AL was uh, Bruce Bochy, the the Texas Rangers. I think he's okay, not taking home this and getting himself another World yeah. Series title. Um, and then Kevin Cash, the the Tampa Bay Rays, um, you know, manager was the the guy coming in third. Uh, then over in the NL, I think maybe a little bit, you know, again somewhat shocking to to me, uh, you know, Skip Schumacher, the the Marlins um, manager, was the guy that took home. Took home the winner, you know, was the winner in this one. Um, you know, I get it. The, the Marlins, they, you know, went above 500. They made a wild card, you know, made it back to the playoffs for, you know, first time in a, in a you know short amount of time. But to me, it's surprising that the other finalists, you know, Craig Council from the Brewers and then uh, Brian Snitker, the, the Atlanta Braves, uh, you know, manager, I was surprised to not see the, the guy from Arizona even in the mix right yeah, like yeah. he was in the mix as far as like i think i don't know where he finished maybe fourth or fifth but, but he would have thought top i, I would have I, I thought at least top three i mean, I the, mean the
0: braves are always that right, good right so that, like
1: the expectations for the braves were they had the same team they've had for the last several years that right. have won world series so their expectation is win a world series again right. or whatever yeah. so obviously they fell short of those expectations the diamondbacks again with the young team and the young talent and you know kind of a big mystery nobody was counting them to even Come close mm-hmm. to right. even making the playoffs. They make the playoffs and they make this deep run in the playoffs to the World yeah. Series. Um, You know, I just yeah surprised to not see the manager from Arizona at least in the top the top three. At least yeah, get some. More I votes. think you're right.
0: I bet votes had to be in before <laughs> the postseason, right, or, or right. I, I think the, the Braves coach wouldn't have got as much love, mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. the back coach would have got some more. Love.
1: Right, right. Um, but I mean, again, even even in the regular season, the Diamondbacks had a good a right. good year. I yep. mean, they're just like the the Orioles. The last couple of seasons, they've had some heavy loss, you know, major, major losses and things like that. Um, And, and to, you know, I think they wind up winning like 90 or close to 90 games this year, you know, so it's a, it's a pretty big improvement or, you know, quite a turnaround for them, but yeah, it's just kind of a little bit of surprise or, you know, shocking to me that he wasn't, you know, up there a little bit higher than than what he was, but you know, it is what it is. The votes, the votes are, you know, voters count, you know, whatever, but uh, you know, so hats off to, all the guys that took home some some hardware. Um, obviously MLB season done for now. Um, free agency kind of starting, guys moving around, things like that. So still lots of things going on in the MLB. But uh, you know, for now, games are are on a stand still. But, you know, before you know it, we'll be you know, pitchers will be reporting, spring training will be starting again, opening day will be here before you know it, and you know, we'll start a new season with the with the MLB. So all right, well, wrapping up baseball and then moving over to uh, another little white ball, uh, going to going to golf. <laughs> um, don't know if you've heard; I'm sure you probably have. But Tiger Woods going to make his return to competitive golf this week. Um, that's right, folks. Going to be playing in the Hero World Challenge, uh, which takes place tomorrow and you know goes through the goes through the weekend. Um, so which I we, believe
0: it was actually his kind of owns yeah our he, he's like here. the
1: yeah the host of it or yep. whatever um which actually you know good for him he gets to go play in the bahamas right. um so you know all of us here in ohio we're we're freezing our butts off while he's you know going to play golf in the bahamas Um, uh, so i can only imagine what the what the weather's going to be but uh you know good good for him you know he's getting back getting back into golf um obviously if you've been following tiger or following golf at all you know you know that this is been a it's been a long break for him you know coming back from competitive golf i mean we haven't seen him since april basically uh where he was competing in the masters and had to withdraw in the third the third round of that masters um and has not you know played in a you know in a round of golf or you know competitive round of golf since that since that time um so gonna be interesting to see you know again i think for me it, it's all about the stamina of you know what what can he do. i i have no doubt in my mind the guy can still hit the ball the guy can still do what he does with the clubs it's can he, he hold it. up to the elements yeah, can like he in that many days right in right uh that i think is going to be something to to see uh, especially with such a long layoff that that he's had um you know so obviously a lot of the things that you know caused him to have to withdraw from the masters were all stemming from you know the, the car accident that he had you know several years ago so I don't know that he's still fully healthy or may never ever yeah, really right. be fully healthy from that, from that car accident. Um, but you know, we'll see, I mean, you know, hats off to him to keep, you know, keep fighting. I mean, it's it, I don't, I don't think everybody, anybody would ever say that yeah, Tiger Woods never gave, gave it all or gave it, gave it what he could. Cause this guy, I think till he dies, is going to try to, you know, play golf until mm-hmm. his body literally just gives gives out at this point. But, yeah. uh, you know, Matt. What What do you think? Any Any thoughts on this? <clears throat>
0: well, you know, I, I think he's got a, a nice plan for his return too. This is kind of his tune up before he plans a kind of a, a full time, semi full time return next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he plans to play in one tournament a month from mm-hmm. uh from February there through July, clear out to the Open Championship. Right, so, right. yeah, I, I think that's kind of what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always going to be relevant, so I think if he wants to keep himself healthy and and give him a, a good chance at having that stamina to finish out rounds. Got to just keep just, playing, yeah, keep playing, but not too much, you know. Mm-hmm. Just kind of know know what's right for his body. And I, I'm sure if things start hit, get getting to roll and he and he's playing really well and he's right. feeling really good, yeah, you know, he might add to that. But right, I, I think right. he's got a, a good expectation for his plan to mm-hmm. come back right now. And, yeah, and, and, and doing it that way, right. And, you know, though, this isn't the same field that he was playing against a few years right, ago either, right, though. Yeah, the the yeah. top of this field is really good right now mm-hmm. in golf. So yeah. I, I don't look to see him just come back and, and dominate oh, yeah, like he used to, not. for sure. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. if he's playing like he was, right. there's some really right. good golfers playing mm-hmm. that way right now, too. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think it's, it's going to be a fun time to watch some, some professional golf.
1: Right, yeah. And, and Tiger obviously has his work cut out for him. You know, obviously he hasn't played in, you know, forever so. He's actually sitting currently one thousand three hundred and seventh in the world golf rankings. Obviously, the I, worst ranking he's ever had.
0: I'd, uh, I'd be interested where he is in the rankings for uh, what the PGA is paying out the uh, what's like that extra like the, award. Per, yeah, yeah, PIP
1: or whatever yeah. it is. Like the yeah, uh, basically like the popularity contest. Yeah. It is. Um, you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned it because I think it was either it's either Jordan Spieth or it was uh, Justin Thomas just made a comment. It was either today or in the news here recently that he thinks that they might be, the PGA might be getting rid of that here pretty soon because <laughs> yeah. it, from what I was reading, you know, speed
0: Tiger nobody
1: speed was saying like the only reason that, that golf somewhat put that into place was to help keep some of the guys that were deflecting to the live tour mm-hmm. kind of more engaged with just the P like stay on the actual PGA tour, right. like to have an extra incentive or extra money that wasn't necessarily tied to your play on yeah. the course or whatever. So it was like an added bonus that you could get without having to really and
0: do get them to be much. a spokesman. for the Right. Game. Right. You know, get them out there. But
1: now obviously since, you know, PGA and live have, have merged yeah. that, you know, does that really even need to be there? So right. we'll see what, what happens, but yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because yeah, I just saw that in the news that that may be be going away, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter for tiger as right. long as he, still lives and Tiger's, you know, breathing, I think he's probably going to be number one or at least probably close to the top in yeah. those, in those metrics every time. Um, but, you know, something to to mention and again, take it for what it's worth. But um, earlier in the month, you know, in the month of November, he actually caddied for his son uh, Charlie at the uh, junior golf championship um, in which Tiger was Charlie's caddy. Mm-hmm. Um, he walked, you know, and carried Charlie's bag for, not quite 72 holes, but 54 holes. Now, again, take that for what it's worth.
0: Well, he carried a bag, he though. He carried a bag. He's not doing that. Either. Right,
1: right. Carried a bag. Uh, obviously, probably a lot lighter bag than what he's, you know, what potentially a caddy in the PGA would be carrying. Right. But at the same time, yeah, it's good to see him walking a course, you know, whatever. Obviously, he wasn't swinging clubs and really, you know, putting that much effort Stress. into hitting the yeah. ball, or whatever that again, is going to play into the fatigue and the stamina that, you know, it's not just a matter of going out there and walking the course, but you still have to go out there and hit the ball too, right. which takes energy and, you know, the fatigue and everything starts to take a toll on the body. And then on top of that, you have to walk, walk the course right. too. So it, it, it's a good, or it's at least a step in the right direction. Again, by no means is Tiger Woods, you know, are we going to see him, you know, maybe he'll surprise us all, but I don't expect him to come out in this one and, you know, light the world on fire and, and, and you know, be the Tiger Woods that we saw, you know, five, 10 years ago. Yeah. But again, the only way to get back to what he was is to start and, and start somewhere, right. get, get back in the mix and start playing rounds of golf at this point. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, Matt, a good, good idea to kind of get started in a somewhat of a low pressure situation you know just kind of a a fun you know kind of thing to do and 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 go out there and you know see what see what he's got
0: you got to think though this is the last comeback the last return for him i I think if it doesn't go well again he'll officially hang it up
1: yeah yeah it uh, will be interesting interesting to see if there is any more setbacks as far as health goes what what he finally decides to decides to do so All right, well, we're going to take a uh, real quick commercial break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone download the free Podbean app today that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n head on over to podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code podcast 21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free check it out all right thanks for sticking with us we're back we're to be talking a little bit of uh hockey news here so we're about uh, about a quarter away through the through the 82 game regular season so thought it'd be a good time to kind of check in and see where where things are where teams are where players are at um so kind of do our our, our kind of routine segment of you know talking about the hot teams talking about not so hot teams some of the hot hot players not so hot players so um we'll get get things kicked off uh with probably the team that we think is the hottest and has the potential to stay hot and, you know, be hoisting that, you know, Lord Stanley's cup at the end of the, end of the season, Matt, I'll let you get things started. Who who do you, who do you like there?
0: Yeah. You know, I kind of picked a championship matchup here and I'm going with the team that's back at it again, just like last year, Boston Bruins, they've led kind of the whole way, didn't quite finish it off, but you Mm -hmm. know, still really good club. They're 14 and four so far this year. They've got a 16 goal differential in those, those wins, so mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're winning and they're winning handedly. Right, you know, right. they're not having any problems out there. Right. And you know, the team I like to play play against them in the Stanley Cup is the LA Kings. Okay. okay. They're currently 13 and three, and you look at their goal differential, mm-hmm. 29 goals. Yeah. So I mean, they're just they're dominating the teams they play, and mm-hmm. just they're they're playing good hockey. They they played well last year too. Right. I think they're starting kind of a trend, getting mm-hmm. things together there. Yeah. L- LA is on the upswing, and you know I think they have a real shot of being there at the end. But you know we're only a quarter of the way through. I'd, oh yeah, can definitely change a oh, lot yeah. between oh, yeah.
1: now and then. Right, right, yeah. Still, still a long ways to go. Lots of injuries, and you know things that could change, and uh, in in the world of hockey, that you know again a team team gets hot at the right time. That's that's all all it takes sometimes. So you know for me, uh, you know I, I like you know the favorite for me to win the Stanley Cup is you know none other than the team that hoisted Lord Stanley's Cups last season that's the, that's the Vegas Golden Knights they're playing good again this year uh 14 and 5 uh 14 5 and 4 record uh 32 points they're first in their division and actually lead the NHL in points right now mm-hmm. so uh you know i think when you look at their you know statistics and things like that they're you know pretty pretty good um uh, you know as far as defense offense top 10 in in most most categories um, I think the thing that sticks out to me is the the penalty killing percentage. Uh, they're almost 86% at uh, killing, you know, penalties, yeah, um, you know, the, the power plays, uh, which is top 10 in the, in the NHL. So, you know, that's, that's going to go, go a long way. And then, you know, another thing that kind of sticks out for me is the eight and two record that they have on their own home ice. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a big thing. That's a big, you know, major player uh, because if they can keep, this momentum going, keep the points, you know, t- stay up there towards the top. They're going to, you know, play at home a lot throughout the playoffs and, right. you know, having a good home record, obviously that, that, you know, sets, sets the precedence and, you know, win on home ice. That way you don't have to worry about going on the road, just take care of business on, at, you know, on, at, at your own place. And then, you know, steal one if you can. That you know, uh, on the road. So, for me, I like yeah, I like the Vegas Golden Knights. But like you mentioned, Matt, lot, lots of lots of time. You know, lots of things that can can change in 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 hockey in just a short amount of time. So. All right. Well, then moving over to, uh, you know, maybe our, you know, favorite team to win Lord Stanley's Cup. Um, Who do you think, you know, who's the best individual player you got right now? Who who do you like at the MVP
0: level? Yeah. Looking at this for me, you know, I'm going with the guy who's leading the league with the most points right now, and that's Nikita Kucherov. Mm. He's got 37 points in the season, 15 goals, 22 assists. And, And hockey, you know, I Talked about how MLB gets it right by not necessarily having the best player on the best team. It's usually a, a playoff t- type caliber team, and right. he's he's playing on Tampa Bay, who's always always right there, mm-hmm. one of the better teams mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, so so leading <laughs> one of the better teams in the league with 37 points right now, he's uh, he's got to be in, in in the clubhouse at, at
1: this moment yeah. as, as the leader. Yeah, no, I gotta gotta agree with you. I like Nikita there for for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, it is kind of a more interesting mixed bag. I think there mm-hmm. are probably a handful of players that you could probably make the case for here in years past, kind of surprising. Austin Matthews isn't up there, right? right now. Yeah. Well, and even uh, the, the guy from Edmonton, uh, Connor McDavid, yeah. he's not even up there. And then that's a guy that, you know, I was going to mention that in years past, it's been like Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid. there. Yeah. There's no question. Cause the guy's got goals. He's got assists. He's got all the stats and he's right. blowing the guy out. That's in second place behind him in all those categories. But this year, I mean, 37 points with Nikita Kucherov. There, there are several players that are like, you know, 35, 34, you know, there's a lot of guys that are real bunched together that I think you can make an a, make a a good argument for. So this is, I think a little bit closer MVP race than Mm -hmm. what we're used to seeing in the, in the past. Um, you do mention it, you know, the lightning are usually a playoff team or, you know, a team that we're always talking about when it comes playoff time, they are off to kind of a rockier start. They are 10 and eight to start Mm -hmm. the season. I mean, Still in in playoff talks and things like that, right? Very early on, but you know we'll see if they the voters use that against Nikita or mm-hmm. if he can keep this pace up. If that comes into comes into play, um, you know one big thing that does stick out to me that I I think does separate Nikita Kucherov in this in this uh, MVP races in the power play. The guy's got 18 power play points, so mm-hmm. between goals and assists, he's got 18 you know 18 points in times where it matters, matters most. Right. Um, and he's leading, leading the NHL in the, in that category. And for me, that, that really stands out to, to me in that particular, you know, in the MVP race. So, all right, well then moving over to maybe our most hot team or maybe a surprising team that that's, you know, up there towards the top in the standings that, we didn't really expect to or didn't, you know, expect to see there. Matt, who do you who do you like in that category?
0: Oh, uh, it's one of the teams I picked to be in the Stanley Cup there okay. that's the LA Kings, 13 and 13-3 th- three and 3. Okay. They've won their last five straight. Yeah. They've got 76 goals in the season. They've only given up 45. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, they're they're playing great hockey right now. They they've been a playoff contender the last couple of years, but more of a, a middle of the road playoff contender. They're looking
1: more this year like they could be a, a top-shelf contender. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for me, a, a team that sticks out, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, currently 11, 6, and 3, mm-hmm. got 25 points. They're tied for third in their division and kind of a top-10 team overall in the, in the NHL. Um, it's a team that over the past two seasons has, has finished, you know, 10 or 20 games below 500. Uh, you know, not a team that has really – made a push for the playoffs or anything like that. And and to see them, you know, have above, you know, above 500 record this early on, you know, we'll we'll see. Sometimes it's not always how you start, it's how you finish. We'll Mm -hmm. see how they they do the rest of the season. But to me, what's really standing out compared to last year is is the scoring is up for the Detroit Red Wings. They are top five in goals scored uh, compared to last year where they were kind of bottom five in goals scored. So obviously, again, a lot more. Games to be played, stats change, you know things like that. But to me, the biggest improvement has been in the offensive category. They're they're getting more goals, getting more opportunities. You know, gives them chance. You know, obviously to win in hockey, you got to score goals. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I think that's that's the key for for the Red Wings going forward. Keep that offensive momentum rolling, and this could be a you know a, a playoff team that could make a make a deep run. So. Well, for every surprising team or hot team, we got to have equally not so hot teams or you know disappointing teams in that in that case. Uh, Matt, who do you who do you? Not like in that category. Yeah, it's, well, unfortunately for me, it's
0: one of my favorite teams and one of the teams I said all season last year wasn't one of the hot teams. Right. That's the Columbus Blue Jackets mm-hmm. starting the year off at seven and twelve. Yep. They benched their basic two stars and right. and Line A and, uh, and Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau. Right. right. I mean, they're just they're not gelling as a team. <laughs> I I don't know if it's if it's a manager thing, a mm-hmm. coach thing, what whatever. They right. they can't figure out how to bring this team together and get them to play, mm-hmm. be on the same page. It's just bad hockey night in night out yeah. I, yeah I think a goalie would go a long way I, yes. I mean that that wins you games in hockey but yeah they, but they've only mustered 67 goals themselves right, while right. giving up 78 on the season mm-hmm. jackets just are not playing
1: well yeah yeah I think uh I got to agree with you I got them as my most disappointing team uh, you know obviously like I said 7 and 12 only 18 points so far through the first quarter uh, I mean this is a team that went 25 and 48 last year so Towards the bottom, or you know, a bottom feeder in the league last year on pace for about the yeah, same, yeah, on pace to be <laughs> about the same this year. Um, you know, the the goals to me, it, they're the stats are up compared to last year in, in goals scored again, a lot more games to go, mm-hmm. but the it, it's not maybe where you want to be, it's they're kind of middle of the road last year, they were kind of bottom, right? Um, but they have improved a little bit in the offense, and I think that's you know we expected that with Johnny Hockey, Patrick Line, you know whatever. But it's the defense that just continues to be right. bad. Um, you know they're uh, where last year were bottom of the league or you know towards the bottom as far as goals allowed. Well, it's not a much different script this hmm. year. Um, and you know I, I, they're giving up almost 34 shots a game. I don't know that you can solely put it on just the goalie at this point, like the goalie can only do something. If you're giving up, you know, 34 shots a game. I mean, they're they're almost, you know, dead last as far as giving up the most shots in the league. The goalie is only going to be able to stop. And at 34 shots, you better have an elite level goalie while the Blue Jackets don't have that. So on top of not having an elite goalie, your defensemen are not helping out your average goalie anyway. So at some point, yeah, you, you can't necessarily put it all on the goalie. Yeah, I think getting a goalie is going to go a long way. But, man, you night in, night out, even an elite goalie, you can't give up three right. or four shots and expect to keep winning games. Right. You, you've got to – your defense has got to get stops before it even makes it to the goal, and yeah, and they're yeah. just not doing that. Blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. So right. The more the more they put it on goal, right. they're bound it, to get through. It, it's going to get through at, at, at some point, so – We'll see. Uh, yeah, things are not looking good for for the Blue Jackets uh, here here in Columbus. Um, you know, obviously had a top top five pick last year, looking like the same. You know, going forward, maybe there's a good goalie out there where they can scoop one up in the draft or something. I don't know, but right. they got they need some help. Um, and and I, it's it's tough to make the adjustments during the season. It, it, you know, you just kind of have to go with what you got and you know hope for the best. Uh, but yeah, they, they need some serious help, especially on the defensive defensive side of the ice. So, all right, well, moving over from hockey, then we're going to move over to uh, football, college football, uh, somewhat kind of closing the season, closing at least the conference season out uh, before we start getting into bowl games and, you know, whatever. Uh, and quickly before we get started into previewing some of the, the championship, you know, conference games, we will be having our bowl mania challenge again, oh, nice. um, you know, so it's uh, free to enter. All you have to do is pick pick winners for all the bowl games. You get a point for each one you get right. We will give prizes. We'll give a prize out to whoever, you know, at the end of the bowl season, whoever has the most points we will give a prize out to that, to that person. Again, free to enter. You don't have to know a thing about football. Just yeah. make some picks. You may surprise yourself. You may actually win this thing uh, because even when the experts think they know what they're talking about, sometimes chaos happens and, you know, People that that don't know a thing about football wind up on top in the standings and you know win themselves a win themselves a prize. So, uh, like I said, it's it's up on ESPN. We'll we'll have a little bit of information about it on our social medias of how to how to get in the group and get yourself you know entered into the into the into the pool and give yourself a shot to win a to win a prize. So, all right, well then, uh, previewing these conference games, uh, we got uh, I think eight different games on the slate. So we'll try to get through these as as quickly as we as we can, but. A lot of good games in these conference championship games, so that's why we upped the slate from our normal five games to, to eight games this week uh, to try to capture all those those good you know good matchups that we got you know this late into the season. So we'll get things started in a in a kind of smaller conference uh, conference USA uh, championship game taking place on Friday, uh, seven p.m. Eastern time. You can catch the game over on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, we got New Mexico State ten and three taking on. The ranked number 24, Liberty at 12 and O. Um, you know, these two teams faced off in early September. Mm-hmm. Liberty came out on top in that game 33 to 17. Um, Vegas likes Liberty by eleven points in this game. Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah, I got ten and a half on the the line I looked at earlier, <laughs> but uh should just be a different book. But anyway. I mean, I, I look at it to be much of the same as, as before. Liberty's scoring 40 points per game on mm-hmm. New Mexico. They're only putting up 28. Yep. I, I think both of them have similar type defenses, but I just I don't think New Mexico State's offense is going to be able to keep up with Liberty. I think it'll be very similar to last
1: time. I think New Mexico's defense can can keep them
0: in the game, yeah. but Liberty will have too much.
1: Yeah, yeah I got to agree. I do like Liberty in this game, but I think it'll be closer than the first game. I, I don't know that I necessarily like that 10.5 or 11 points. Uh, this New Mexico State... After that loss to Liberty, they have gone on a tear in my in my mind. They they it's almost like a night and day different team from you know from that game. This is a New Mexico State team that went into Auburn and beat Auburn at Auburn. Uh, you know, basically got paid two million dollars to, to come beat <laughs> Auburn. Um, so to me, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, in the in the game of college football and college you know college football math, it's the same Auburn team that almost just beat Alabama at the right. same time. So uh you know be Alabama? yeah yeah um so I, I think this new mexico state team totally different team from when they saw liberty in this first matchup i think liberty still wins the game but i think it's a closer closer game this time than, than you know round one if you will yeah. so all right well moving over to the other game that's taking place on friday night pack 12 championship a rematch between number five oregon and 11 and one Taking on the number three Washington Huskies, and
0: that, this game's going to c- guarantee one of these teams a spot in the playoffs. Right,
1: obviously. right. Washington coming in undefeated, twelve and zero. Eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time over on ABC. Going to be a neutral site game. Going to be playing at the Raiders Stadium in Allegiant, you know, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Like I mentioned, these two teams faced off back in mid October. Washington escaped by by the skin of their teeth, thirty six to thirty three. You know this this has been you know. A close game is a close game in, in mid-October. But Vegas likes the Ducks by nine and a half in this in this game. Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think I like them similarly, actually. Yeah. I yeah. They're scoring 45.3 points per game. Washington's only scoring 38. And Oregon's defense is also only giving up 16 points per game to Washington's 23. Mm-hmm. I, that last matchup was kind of a barn burner back and <laughs> forth, both yeah. teams going up and down the field. Right. But since then, man, Oregon's been playing like a team possessed, mm-hmm. scoring mm-hmm. just like crazy, lighting right. it up in every right. game. And their defense has come alive, too. Yeah. This is a better team than they were that game. Yeah. And I don't think Washington's gotten any better. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've kind of they, – they've
1: skated by. They've, they've played with fire in a lot mm-hmm. of their recent
0: games. Yep. I, I think Oregon's got enough
1: to cover that spread and win. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I like the Ducks in this, in this matchup for a lot of the same reasons that, that you talked about, you know. In the six games since they played each other in October, Washington has won each of their last six games by less than an average of seven points per game. Wow. You talk about, you know, skating by, just getting enough just to win, this Washington team has done it. You go on the flip side, Oregon in their last six games has won by an average of 26 points per game. And And these are the same teams they're playing. Right, right, right. And... All but one of those six games, Oregon won by double digits. so it's not just you know, the average is you know inflated because of one matchup right All six of those games they dominated in except for one that they lost by single digits or they, they won one by single, by single yeah. digits all the other ones total annihilation, total blowouts and it and it's all a lot of the same teams that Washington right. faced in that mix too. so yep. it's not like, Oregon got an easier schedule or anything like that mm. in these last six games. There's a lot of overlap of the teams that they played in those final six games. I think, yeah, again, the Ducks are trending in the right direction. Washington is is not. Mm. I, I like Oregon to, to, to capture this one. Michael Penix has just not looked the same over yeah. these last, you know, last half of the season. I think the Ducks can get after him. Force him into some mistakes. I like the Ducks to get a win here. Well, it's
0: got to be Bo Nix's Heisman State. Oh, right yeah. Here. Right, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think this is not only a spot in the playoff, but this could really be a spot for the Heisman, if you yeah. will, too. You know, depending on which quarterback, whether it's Michael Penix or Bo Nix, whoever balls out or, you know, has I – think, I think Bo Nix is in the driver's seat, so yeah. he's going to really have to have a really bad game to really kind of dethrone himself. Yeah. But I think Michael Penix can really put himself in the driver's seat if he has a big game and yeah. can win this game, you know, um, handily. So, it, it, there's a lot on the line here in this this conference championship yeah. for these two teams. Not only a playoff spot, but, you know, Heisman's individual awards on, you know, in this game, too. So, going to be exciting to get things, you know, kicked off before, you know, more, bowl, or more conference games then taking place on Saturday. So... Well, then moving over to the slate that's that's happening on on Saturday, we got games starting at noon and going till you know eight o'clock at night. So, and, and all of them, you got a good game pretty much at all the different time slots. So, if you have plans for Saturday, it better include watching college football because there's a lot of good games in the mix. So, to get things you know somewhat kicked off early, you know first thing in the in the day, uh, we got the MAC championship game again, another rematch between the Miami of Ohio Redhawks coming in at ten and two. Taking on the Toledo Rockets at eleven and one, noon game over on ESPN. Uh, another neutral site game played at Ford Field, the home of the Detroit Lions in Detroit, Michigan. Um, like I mentioned, these two teams faced off kind of mid to late October. Toledo came out on top, twenty-one to seventeen, and Vegas likes likes the Rockets uh, by eight points in this in this game. Uh, Matt, what's you what's your thoughts? You know. I'll let you answer in a minute. I'm wondering which which game is more important
0: to you, this one or or your Michigan one? Right, these, right. these are two teams close to your heart. Right, absolutely, sure. absolutely. But, you know, Toledo's favored. Uh, I had seven and a half. <laughs> uh, they're scoring eight more points per game. They're giving up four more points per game than Miami is, however. So, yeah. you know, something's got to give here. And these are two two really good teams. Uh, you know, I, I do like Miami's quarterback. It's the brother, Blaine Gabbert, mm. who's been in the NFL for years mm. now. So, you know, he he's got some pedigree there and I, I think that'll help, but, uh, it's a, the, the ground game though. And that's where I think Miami's going to have trouble keeping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toledo's rushed for an average of 211 yards per game. Miami only 153 mm-hmm. yards per game. Mm-hmm. I, I think that ground game makes the difference. And I, I think Toledo gets it done in a close one.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough for me to say, you know, being an alma mater from, you know, Miami, it, it's tough for me to say, but I, 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 I like the Rockets in this, in this game. They're, they're playing well. Um, Miami, typically they want to keep this game low scoring, very similar to, you know, a game that we'll talk about in the big 10 championship game Um, for Miami to win this game. It's got to be another low scoring affair. Mm -hmm. You know, that 21 to 17 game, probably right around where Miami wants to keep it to really give themselves a chance. This is not a team that, that scores points in bunches but they do have a defense that can keep them close enough to potentially win win games. I mean, they're only giving up 16 points a game, which is not only really really good in the MAC. I think they may be first in the MAC as far as points per game allowed, but they're eighth best in the entire country as far as points per game allowed. So, this is a nasty defense for for this Miami team, but I just think Toledo will make one or two big plays mm-hmm. to really set themselves apart. I don't know that I necessarily like the eight or seven and a half, eight points there, but I think the rocket Toledo takes it, but another tight, tight ball game. So, all right, then moving over to the big 12. um, We got the number 18 Oklahoma state uh, Cowboys taking on the number seven, Texas Longhorns, Oklahoma state, nine and three, Texas, 11 and one, another noon game over on ABC and another neutral site game in Jerry's world, AT&T stadium Mm -hmm. in Arlington, Texas, Vegas likes the Longhorns by fifteen and a half, uh, a little over two touchdowns in this game. Um, Matt, do you think Vegas has got it right, or you think Oklahoma State can keep it close? Well,
0: I'll say I hope they don't totally, for for right? my Buckeyes' sake. Right. I, I, they, we need we need Texas to lose this thing. We need uh, Florida State to lose their game. Right. So you know, my, my rooting interest <laughs> is going to be on Oklahoma State's side, but they just Oklahoma, or Texas is better in every statistical category mm-hmm. in in this game. I mean, I just I don't see where Oklahoma State has an advantage mm-hmm. in, in what they can what they can really do to win right. uh, Texas better rushing the ball better on overall defense I just I, I think they're going to be able to control the ball control the clock mm-hmm. they're going to have it in their hands more often I look for Texas to win I don't, I don't know that it's going to be 14 and a half yeah, I, it's, yeah. championship games aren't usually decided by a large factor mm-hmm. so you know I, I think this will be closer than that but yeah. I just I don't I don't see where Oklahoma State can can overcome all the disadvantages they have in this game.
1: Yeah, no, it will be interesting. Obviously, these two teams did not face off against each other in the regular season, mm-hmm. so they're seeing each other for the very first time, obviously played a lot of common opponents and things like that. But, uh, you know, for me, the difference in this one, I, I like the Longhorns as well. Um, Oklahoma State, in order for them to have any chance, they have to get the ground game going. Mm-hmm. They, they have a running back in Ollie Gordon the second. The Guys rush for almost 1600 yards and has 20 rushing touchdowns. They they set the precedence with that with that offensive line. They get him in the game. They get things rolling. That's how Oklahoma State wins games. Texas, I think, a little bit more balance has you know some weapons on from the receiving and and you know in the running back uh, room. But I, I would give the nod to Oklahoma State. Only if Texas wasn't so darn good at at stopping the run. Right. This is this is a, a a Texas defense that's allowing about eighty five rushing yards a game. Um, if you want to hurt this Texas, you know, defense, you got to do it through the air. I don't think Oklahoma State has the quarterback. They don't have the the weapons on the outside to do that. I, I think Texas is able to bottle up the the great running back from Oklahoma State. It, he'll get plenty of carries, but I just don't think it's going to be for chunk yardage like he's used to getting right i think he's they're going to frustrate him i like texas to win this game but i don't think it'll quite be by two touchdowns yeah. texas and some of the games where they should have blown out teams they get off to a big lead and they slowly let teams creep yeah. back in or whatever so they they haven't really blown out too many teams this year even though on paper they should they they still let some teams hang around so i just don't i, I like texas to win maybe not the two touchdowns right all right. Uh, moving over then to the SEC top 10 battle. And, you know, two, you know, stalwarts that are almost always in the mix here in the SEC. Number one, Georgia at 12 0, taking on the number eight, Alabama at 11 1. 4 p.m. Eastern Time over on CBS. Another neutral site game at the Falcon Stadium, Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Vegas currently likes Georgia by six points. Uh, Matt, do you agree? Well,
0: you know, it is basically a home game for georgia <laughs> playing in atlanta so right. that, that's got to help them a little bit here right. uh, but i mean man the stats in this game is close. both these teams are averaging almost 40 points a game they're both giving up roughly 16 to 18 points a game but man georgia's trending in the right direction here lately these last few weeks <laughs> they've been playing like a team possessed they, they they're really uh turning turned it on at the right time mm-hmm. but then you look at alabama and they they have been too, but man, last week really came down to the to the wire. Mm-hmm. They 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 snuck one out, right? I I don't know if you you come back in a positive way or a negative way from that. Like the, the emotional high of, right, of, of, of doing that. that game. Do you do you come into this little flat? Right. If right. they come into this flat, they don't they don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Georgia. I think about five and a half points is probably about right.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I I think the key for me comes down to does Alabama hurt themselves. I think that they can compete against this Georgia team because this is not – the Georgia offense is better than what we're used to seeing, but this Georgia defense is not the same elite-level Georgia defense that we're used to seeing. So if Alabama can stop the stupid mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot, because if you look at that loss to Texas and even the close win, I think it was like 26-20 to that they had against Texas A&M, common denominator in that they had 24 penalties. This is this combined between the two games. 24 penalties, four turnovers, and those were their two worst games where they had their lowest amounts of rushing yards. This is an Alabama team that they ain't going to hit you with the pass. They're not. They, they don't. Jalen Milrow, he's a guy that's looking to run first, mm-hmm. pass later. Um, So you have, to, you have to contain him because he's almost like a running back playing quarterback, um, and he wants to he wants to take off and he wants to make something happen with his legs. If Georgia can limit, keep him contained, you know, keep him in the pocket, this is going to get going to get ugly for Alabama real real quick because on the flip side, this is a Georgia team that doesn't they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Right. They are towards the top in the country in fewest penalties committed. So again, if Alabama committing all these penalties and, you know, things like that, shooting themselves in the foot, killing drives that they should be putting points on, they're going to find themselves in a, in a hole really quick. And I don't know that Alabama has the offense set up to score points in bunches. I, I just, I like this Georgia team to get, to get the win, but I think Alabama can keep it close as long as they can don't shoot. Themselves. Don't yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't kill yourself with stupid penalties, silly mistakes, things like that. But I like Georgia to, to keep their streak going, their impressive seasons going. um, And, and, you know, get, get a chance to, uh, you know, uh, defend their national championship again for, for a third time. So it's going to be a good game though. I, I think Alabama has, has a chance just got to limit the mistakes, limit the, the opportunities, limit the mistakes for, for, you know, for don't, don't just give this game to Georgia in this at that point. So, right. all right, moving over then to the, not the ACC, the AAC <laughs> championship game. Um, Coming in SMU at ten and two, taking on the number twenty-two Tulane Green Wave at eleven and one, four p.m. Eastern time over on ABC. Uh, Tulane currently favored by just three and a half in this in this game. Um, I, to me, I like Tulane, and 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 here's the reason why. Last week's game for SMU, they lost their starting quarterback, yeah. broke his broke his leg in that game. Didn't see that. This 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 is going to be a tough a tough slate. Um, because without your starting quarterback, it, it would be one thing if Tulane, you know, gave up a bunch of yards on the ground that that, that SMU could shift their game plan to, okay, we're going to rely a little bit more on the on the run game and, you know, we'll be fine or whatever. But Tulane is, is the best team in the AAC. They only give up about 87 rushing yards a game and about three yards a carry. To me, that that makes it tough for an SMU team that's bringing in a backup quarterback that's only thrown 24 passes in his whole career. Mm-hmm. I, I think this green wave, this two-lane team is going to make SMU one-dimensional. Points are going to be hard to come by for this SMU team. I think the SMU's defense can keep them in it, but ultimately, two-lane with all of their starters, with all their weapons that they have, right. I, I think they're going to win this win this game. I think it can be somewhat close, but I, I like the green wave to get it done.
0: Yeah, you know, I I didn't know that coming in, that their, their quarterback had gotten injured that last game. <laughs> so I, I was actually looking at the overall stats of these teams and mm-hmm. wondering why is Tulane a three-and-a-half-point mm-hmm, favorite? Because mm-hmm. really, is better in every every right. statistical category. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference being points per game. Right. SMU's been putting up 42 points per game this season. Tulane only putting up 28. <laughs> yeah, But, you know, knowing oh. that you, you don't have your quarterback and, a smaller school like that, right. your backups probably nowhere no, near like what you your said. starter is. Only twenty-four
1: so. passes in his career.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a, a tough road to, mm. to overcome. So you know, I'm with you on this one with Tulane with that with that bit of information. Had I not had that information and had SMU had their starting quarterback, yeah, I think I'd I think, be going
1: SMU. Right. Yeah, I think it'd be much 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 harder pick for me for me to make. Oh. And I think they Tulane's also kind of getting that three and a half a little bit because obviously with this smaller championship game, not a neutral site, they'll be playing at Tulane, mm-hmm. the, you know, the better team or the team with the better record. So um, they'll be playing a home game. So probably also why the three and a half is there, but surprise it's not a little bit more knowing that, yeah, SMU's quarterback is not going to be playing. Right. So, but uh, yeah, Vegas still, still likes SMU's chances, even with that, even with that, but uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, then moving over to the other three letter acronym, uh, the ACC Championship, uh, number 14, Louisville, 10 and 2, taking on number four, Florida State at 12 and 0, 8 p.m. Eastern Time over on ABC. Um, neutral site game at the Panthers Stadium, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Whew, tight ball game here, but Vegas still likes Florida State by two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts on this game?
0: Well, I'll tell you, both of these teams on the offensive and defensive side of the ball can really get after it, but Florida State, since the loss of their quarterback, Jordan Travis, hasn't looked like the same team you watched them last week against Florida, and yeah, the the defense played, you know, balls to the wall, lights out, but that offense was slow to get going, and yeah, yeah they made some plays when it mattered towards the end, but right. I, I mean, Florida controlled that game mm-hmm. for pretty much the first half, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Louisville's not Florida. Okay. They're they're much better. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, I I just I, I I like Louisville's chances without Jordan Travis on the other side. of Florida yep. State, I I think that's going to be the big difference here, and Louisville's going to going to shock the world, I guess, and <laughs> and win win the conference championship here. And you know, that's that's another good good one for me <laughs> yeah. if, if if I'm trying to to get will my Buckeyes in right this thing.
1: keeps those Buckeyes hopes <laughs> alive at that point. But I I got to agree with you. I, I think Louisville it, it, again. Jordan Travis plays in this game, hands down. I'm taking Florida State. Yes. There's, there's no question. The guy is not. He ain't coming back. He ain't coming back at all this season. And again, it would be different if this Louisville defense was giving up a ton of yards on the ground, because obviously you've seen it since Jordan Travis has gone down. Florida State has shifted the offense towards handing it, ball, handing it off to their, you know, to their stud running back right. that they have. Take the pressure off of a, off of a guy that has that has not, you know, hasn't played much, doesn't have hmm. many reps, you know, things like that. Um, but this Louisville defense is allowing less than 100 yards rushing per game. I, I just... And they face some good ones. I right. mean, Notre Dame has a, has right. a real it, good they've, rushing they've attack. They face some some good teams that can can run the ball. Um, and I just, I don't know. I don't... You look at on the flip side, Florida State's defense has allowed 140 rushing yards a game. So I think Louisville can... They don't have to necessarily put it all on their quarterback to make plays, even though he does have a heck of an arm. They can make it a balanced game mm. because Florida State, yeah, they they give up quite a few yards on the, you know, on the ground. I just think, yeah, this even though this is another game, you know, the, the backup for Florida State has another, you know, another game under his belt or, you know, has had several games under his belt this is a step up as far as competition goes. I mean, he played North Alabama and then Florida in his two, two games, Louisville, totally different team here in this, in this matchup. I mean, and and at one point during that Florida game, they actually had to turn to their third string QB. Mm -hmm. The the, the backup got injured briefly, got hit pretty hard in the head and, you know, was like, Oh man, I don't know if this guy's going to come back. Um, They had to put their third string guy out there. So, Again, you're maybe one play or one hit away from having to go to a third string, and when the third string was in there, it was not pretty. So <laughs> I, I just like Louisville; they're more healthy. They got more of their starters playing. I, I just don't know how Florida State's gonna gonna keep it up if they can't get that running game going and have to rely on a backup QB to to win them this game. I just right. don't don't see it. I like Louisville to to get the win and you know pull off the upset here. So. All right, well, last game on the slate. Uh, the big one over in the Big Ten. Uh, number two, Michigan, 12 and 0, taking on the 16th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes at 10 and 2. 8 p.m. Eastern Time over on Fox. Another neutral site game over, over in the Colt Stadium at Lucas Oil, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Vegas likes this Michigan team by three touchdowns, 21 and a half on this one. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this on this game? Iowa have any chance in this one?
0: Does Iowa have a chance?
1: I'll, I'll say absolutely not. <laughs> but right. do they have a chance
0: to cover the spread? I absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Michigan's averaging thirty eight points per game. Iowa's only putting up eighteen. So you you know Iowa's not going to score, right? But both of these teams are top ten in the country in defense. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that defense of Iowa can can limit the scoring of, of Michigan because mm-hmm. they're not going to score themselves, right. but you know, I I looked for this to be a, you know, maybe a twenty one ten type of game mm-hmm, or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be low scoring, mm-hmm. you know, hard hitting defense. But Iowa just doesn't have enough offense to to stay in the game. So yeah. Michigan wins it easily, but yeah. not twenty one and a half points easily.
1: Yeah, I got to agree. I like I like Michigan to get the get the win. It's it's actually funny you say that. The the uh, the stat that I saw from one of the sports books, literally the over under. For Iowa, in both halves, total points in first half was a half a point. <laughs> so if they score uh, anything in the first half, over. it was the same in the second half. They had the second half total points for just Iowa was 0. 0.5.
0: I don't feel like they get shut out. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's, 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 <laughs> tough
1: to, it's really tough because you look at common opponents. This is an Iowa team that obviously played Penn State, yeah. lost 31 to nothing in that game. Michigan obviously went on the road against Penn state came out with like a nine point, you know, nine point victory. Right. Would you say at this point? Yeah. Michigan is, is a better team than Penn state. And, and what I would it against Penn state was get beat 31 to nothing. Yeah. Does that mean that Michigan? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I honestly don't. I mean, when Michigan in the past has had these big spreads, they almost never, never cover anything mm-hmm. this big, but I do like Michigan to get it went to, to, to get the win here, to get the victory against Iowa, there just when you roll out an offense there that you know can't score, right? What what do you do? I mean, what how do you generate points when right. you know your offense can't score? Like, well, you, I, I think
0: Michigan though also knows they don't have to risk putting the ball in the air. They're right. just, they're, they're going to do what they do best. Right. and That's that's run the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's going to slow the game down. It's going to mm-hmm. grind it out. Yeah, it's going to be hard to cover that spread because you
1: you're going to shorten the game. Right. You're not absolutely. going to have as many scoring. Opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, for Iowa to have a chance in this one, Michigan is going to have to shoot themselves yeah. in the foot and give Iowa short yarded situations or God forbid, a special teams touchdown or, you know, something crazy for Iowa to even be competitive because their offense just, they can't move the ball. Substan- you know, substantially, they, mm-hmm. they may be able to pick up a first down or two, but then that's, that's it. And, and, when you're starting at your own 20 yard line, a first down doesn't even get, you know, first down or two first downs may not even get you to midfield at that point. So I just think, yeah, I was in over their heads, uh, but I don't think Michigan's winning by three touchdowns. Honestly, if Michigan scores two touchdowns in the first quarter, that may be all it
0: takes at Mm -hmm. this
1: point. Um, So, it will be, you know, I, I don't expect it to be that all that all that competitive. I think it will be low scoring to make it look like it's more competitive than right. it really is. But Michigan, you know, obviously played Iowa two two years ago in the Big Ten Championship, and very similar, you know, way the game played out as yeah. Iowa was able to move the ball a little bit, but just you know the offense not enough to to, to put up points. Michigan just did what they did, you know, continued to to score points and whatnot and came out with a victory in that mm. one. We shall see what happens, but I, I like I like the boys in blue to to get it done. So So real quick before signing off then, so based on all this, who's your four that's gonna make make the playoff? Um yeah, so obviously I, I picked Georgia to win, so I got Georgia in there. But I picked Michigan to win, so I got Michigan in there. Uh Oregon, I like them to win, so I think that's mm. gonna be a good enough good enough win for them to at least Third or fourth, I, yeah. I think probably more than four, less probably yeah. third. Um, and then that fourth team, you know, I, I don't know. It's gonna be, I, I it's gonna be tough because I think it's gonna come down to Texas, Ohio, Texas, State. Ohio State, and, and and to me, I don't know. It, to me, You've I got the better win. The, I guess yeah. So. The voters are going to look at Texas's win against Alabama mm-hmm. and say that's a better win than Ohio State's wins against you know Penn State, Penn State or Notre Dame or you know whatever. I think. What hurts Ohio State and it's it's tough because you look at the recency bias right, like yeah. when they played Notre Dame, Notre Dame was at their peak, was at yeah. their high. You look at Notre Dame now and it's like, losses. Yeah. it's like, man, it, it, maybe yeah. that wasn't as good of a Notre Dame team as what right. we thought they were. Still so, a top twenty team. Oh yeah, they're still still up there, still one, you know, have a chance to win ten games and you know, whatever. It's just yeah, it, yeah not the love there again. Yeah, not 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 where I think if Notre Dame had continued to win mm-hmm. and you know kept winning and maybe the only loss that they had was the Buckeyes. Right. I think Ohio State has, you know, has a pretty darn good argument, but that win with Texas early on going on the road yeah. to Texas. I know Ohio State went on the road to beat Notre Dame, but going against, you know, a top I think at that time Alabama was top five mm-hmm. on the road and winning and winning in pretty convincing fashion too, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a really tight game. Um, I just think that's going to be the difference. Right. I think Texas finds a way to, to sneak in there. Um, you know, so, but I think that those are the two teams you're going to be looking at as for the who four. takes that fourth yeah. spot. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening to uh, fired up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And uh, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, we do have an Instagram if you search for fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, if you head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. And as always, you can find, this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So any of the big players, you can find our show. So we appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay fired up.